You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all of the Packers content from this podcast at LockedOnPackers.com. We're going to talk a lot of Aaron Rodgers today. I promised that we would talk about the top 100 ranking. Uh, We're also going to talk a little bit about the Madden ranking. And then I want to close with Tony Romo's comments about Green Bay being the team to beat this season. I thought those were really, really interesting. And I'm going to try and and make this quick. Uh, It's the Friday show and it's the offseason. So I don't want to bog anyone down. I just, I want to have some, you know, some light, some light conversations here. And it is the offseason. I do not get upset about these top 100 rankings. I don't. It, they don't bother me. They mostly just amuse me. I don't think the players are any better at determining who the best players are than the fans. And I know that that seems like a silly thing to say. And it was actually a, a, a thing on Twitter earlier in the week where a, a Dallas Cowboys radio host and reporter mentioned that writers and bloggers and people who cover teams are not as smart about players as the scouts and the coaches and the actual players. And I think that's sort of true. I mean, I think that's generally true. But I think there are plenty of people who cover the game who are smarter than some of the people who work in and around the league. I mean, Brian Schottenheimer just got hired again. It's also not the point. But when when you look at And if you just talk to players, yes, they watch film of these guys, but they're not watching every week. They're not watching every game every week. Like, frankly, like some reporters are and some fans are, they're not watching Red Zone. They have games. And they're watching their own team and they're watching the teams that they prepare for. And on bye weeks and at other times, they may watch, they may watch, but they are susceptible to the biases of superstardom the same way anyone else is. They are, they are susceptible to the biases of Madden because a lot of NFL players play Madden. And so the, 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 the players that Madden says are good, a lot of players accept, yeah, those guys are good. It is generally true that players will think a player, another player is good past the point of when they actually are based on their name recognition, the same way a fan does. My point in saying all this is not to say that I am smarter than this player vote. What I'm saying is that just because the players voted a certain way, and we've seen this over and over, how wrong these players, I mean, the players vote for their friends, they vote for their favorite players, literally, they vote for their favorite players in Madden, they vote for teammates. It is not an unbiased vote by any means, That no such thing. And frankly, we should not expect that. But so when Aaron Rodgers comes in at 10 on this list behind multiple running backs, it it makes you look at it and just say, what are we doing? How does this happen? Because 
the the funny thing about it is then when you watch the video and you and you listen to the players talk about him opposing defenders basically say we don't know what to do with him we can't do anything with him he can do more than anyone else at the position in the game can and that's always been true and there it was funny in in the backlash to some of this there was that discussion like yes he missed more than half the season but look at what he did just in that time frame I mean, the game winner in Dallas with time running out, the, ga- the game-tying touchdown pass, which was an impossible throw, and then gets the Bengals to jump in overtime to create a free play and then hits Geronimo Allison down the sidelines. Tony Romo, when he's calling the game, and we're going to get to Tony in a second, Tony Romo, when he's calling the game, says one of two guys on planet Earth who could make that throw, and he made it look easy. I don't know what we're even talking about. When he is playing, when he is on the field and he is playing, he is the best player in the league. His And his, furthermore, his best is better than anyone else's best. It is more impactful than anyone else's best. He is the hardest player in football to defend. And as a result, he's the hardest player in football to defeat. No one has more impact on the game in more ways. Look at Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Can they escape the pocket in the same way that Aaron Rodgers can? No. Do they dominate the game with their minds pre-snap the same way Aaron Rodgers does in terms of being able to get guys to jump and creating free plays? Aaron Rodgers has done that not just better than anyone ever. It's not even close. Like, if Rodgers is at the top of the building, the next closest guy is in the lobby. And we're talking about a skyscraper in terms of being able to create those advantageous opportunities for his team. No one does it better than he does. You cannot argue that Tom Brady or Drew Brees has a stronger arm than Aaron Rodgers. They don't. And you cannot argue that those guys are more accurate than Aaron Rodgers because Rodgers can put the ball in windows that those guys could not even dream of because he can do it off-platform, he can do it on the move, he can do it from anywhere on the field, not just in the pocket. So even if I were willing to concede that from the pocket, those guys play on a little bit more rhythm, they play on schedule more often than Aaron, and that they are more accurate from the pocket, even if I were willing to concede those points, and I probably would on the first two counts, what Rodgers is able to do with his escapability and the ability to make plays on the move, off-platform, off-schedule, and on the run, are just so much better than anyone else in the league that it makes up for whatever issues he has in the pocket because he does still get a little jumpy in the pocket and he does still try and force the ball downfield rather than just take the throws that are there. And there are there are ways that that you can pick nits with his game, but the 10th best player in the league? Come on, man. That's that's absurd. And I look, I love Julio Jones. He is incredible. He also doesn't play 16 games. So if you want to talk about injuries, he is always, even if when he's playing, he's not 100%. Todd Gurley had a great season last year, no doubt about it. And and so did Le'Veon Bell. But, but what quarterbacks can do, it just so much more impactful. 
Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That gets you access to player grades, fantasy football tools, charts, and mountains of data that can make you not just a smarter football fan, but a better fantasy football player. Daily fantasy, if gambling is legal in your state, information there can help you create opportunities to win money. And all 32 teams use Pro Football Focus's data. Use the data the pros use by winning our contest. And in order to win, you have to enter. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of the show on iTunes. Now, this Tony Romo quote has been popping around a little bit. And I'll just read you the quote because I think it it speaks for itself. But he called the Packers the team to beat this season. And he explained it. He said, I think the Packers probably got better more than any team I saw this offseason. It's early and injuries happen, but right now they're right at the top for me as far as you wouldn't want to see them in the playoffs. He goes on to say, the Jimmy Graham thing is a big deal. People don't understand. You're going to see old school Jimmy Graham. You pair him with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to see a little bit of a different animal. In the red zone, that will be almost unstoppable. If the secondary is a little better... I think they're the team to beat this year. So that is not the same as calling them the team to beat. There is a caveat. If the secondary is a little better, I think it would be nearly impossible for the secondary to not be a little better. Just with the influx of talent, you bring in Tremont Williams, Kevin King is healthy, the new scheme. You should expect the Packers' defense to be better. You should expect the secondary to be better. So then the question is, well, is the offense going to be a top five offense? We've had this, we, we did this whole, if the defense is X, then the, the offense can be Y and you can get a Super Bowl caliber team. But I don't think the question, the offense is going to be good. That's not the question. And the defense is going to be better. That's not the question either. The question is, is that going to be enough? And that is the question that we just can't answer right now. There are so many other talented teams, not just in the NFL, but in the NFC. ESPN published a list using the pro football focus data and their grades and their, and their tools and all the things that they use. We just talked about pro football focus. And those, the grades, I think, are the thing that I, that I look at just as, a, just as, a, as a metric of just to say, okay, this guy is a good player or is a bad player. I generally do not look at oh, well, they have the number one offensive tackle here and number five here. I don't, I don't think it's that helpful because I don't, I don't know that the grades can be accurate and specific enough to the situation that I can put too much credence in the actual grade. But I think it is good for ordering these players and just say, okay, we've got a very good player. We've got a great player. We've got a guy having a great season or we have a guy who's having a middling season or who has been bad. I think that is the best way to use their grading data. And so based on that data for last year, the Packers are not the number one team. They are 11. And, you know, here's a, here is a good way to illustrate that, what, what I was talking about. So one of the points they make is about Justin McRae's pass blocking efficiency. Why that is a thing that they pointed to, I do not know. But they said at either tackle position last year was X, that's 68th at the position. Well, he's not playing tackle. And he didn't play tackle most of the year. He played guard. So why do I care? It's one of those weird things 
that pro football focus cares about that that I, I don't because it doesn't it doesn't matter. But so Green Bay is 11. Now the teams ahead of them just so this is essentially to try and give you an idea of which rosters have the most talent based on the guys who played the way that they played last year. Now that is not a perfect way to do this because obviously you have to extrapolate forward. You have to take into account draft picks. You have to take into account um, you know, general progressions of young players, and you have to take into account the regression of older players. So they have the Eagles at one, the Falcons at two, the Saints at three, so already three NFC teams, the Patriots at four, the Vikings at five, Chargers at six, Steelers at seven, Cowboys at eight, which I have a pretty big problem with, Rams at nine, Jaguars at 10, Packers at 11. So of the top 10, four are in the AFC and six are in the NFC and then Green Bay. I would say it is fair on pure talent based on what we know right now and what we've seen of these players. I think Green Bay belongs behind Philadelphia and probably Minnesota. Then New Orleans, Atlanta, and Green Bay with the Rams are in the next group. And I think the Rams are probably, maybe maybe you could put the Rams in that top group. I still worry about Jared Goff in a big game. We don't know what that's going to look like in year two. It's hard to argue, though, that Green Bay should be in the mix with those top teams simply because of who their quarterback is. We don't know what Carson Wentz is going to look like early in the season coming back off an ACL injury. We don't know what Jared Goff is going to look like. Dak Prescott struggled most of last season. So even if you include the Cowboys in that mix, what is he going to look like? Is that defense going to be better? Is Kirk Cousins going to be an upgrade over Case Keenum? Because based on the numbers last year, he wasn't. Case Keenum was better. Now, is is Cousins going to thrive in this offense, in this structure, the same way that Keenum did? Could be. He gets Dalvin Cook back. Is Steve Sarkeesian going to be demonstrably better in year two as a play caller than he was in year one? Because the Falcons struggled at times with situational offense. And so the only teams that I would say... I think right now have better rosters top to bottom. I think it's New Orleans. I think it's Philly. I think Minnesota is close and they're probably they're probably there. I wouldn't put Atlanta in front of Green Bay just because I think the some of the systems in place there are flawed and I don't think they got much better in the offseason. I'm still worried about that defense. Atlanta is in a very similar position to Green Bay. They have a good offense. That can get it its own way at times because of the coaching. I think that's going to be alleviated to some degree this year with Joe Philbin back in the fold and the rework of this offense. But when you have the best player, and we just talked about it, if Aaron Rodgers plays 16 games, he's the best player in the league. His best is better than anyone else's best. And for that reason, the Packers have to be considered a favorite. That's just, it's as simple as that. So you can say, yes, they're not as talented as some of these other top teams. But they have the best player. They have the most impactful player. I don't actually think the Patriots have the fourth most talented roster in the league. But they have Tom Brady. And they have Bill Belichick. And that's enough. 
You are listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to stay up to date on everything around the league with Locked On NFL. And as the NBA offseason heats up, where will LeBron go? Where will Kawhi go? Where will Paul George go? Keep up to date with everything in the NBA with Locked On NBA. All right, we're going to have to tweak the schedule next week. I will not be around Monday. I'll be traveling, and so we will not have a show Monday. We're going to go Tuesday, Thursday, Friday next week uh, as we get closer to training camp. And then when we get to training camp, we're going to go to four days a week, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, I'll figure out what we're going to do in terms of which day we're going to take off. I'll probably do Monday through Thursday and leave Friday off for now. But remember, during the season, expect a Monday through Thursday situation. And with most days, we're going to have to do injury reports and some sort of podcast, whether it's long or short, on Fridays. But again, no Monday show. We're going to push it to Tuesday because I'll be traveling. I'm actually going to be in Dallas for a Nike event, um, which is uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to. It should be a fun time. It should be a cool thing. Thank you to Nike for that. That's the situation next week. Maybe we'll have an Aaron Rodgers contract to talk about. Maybe we won't. But there is certainly going to be something to discuss. There will always be things to discuss with this team, even though it is late June, going to be July very soon. I also don't want to put people out on their on their holiday week. So get in what you can. I understand sometimes you're, you get a little behind and you want to catch up. Most of these shows are not going to be super news topic heavy, so you can you can wait. You can save them up for a, for a long car trip or a flight or something like that. That's fine. But we are getting we are getting closer. We are now just a few weeks away from training camp, and so that means roster projections coming out soon. Acme Packing Company is going to come out with theirs very soon. So keep an eye on it. There, keep an eye on my Twitter feed for updates, for analysis, for all the things that I do. The dumb jokes, please at Peter underscore Bukowski. Remember, the Facebook page is really taking life, and I I love to see that. It is great to see people engaging with the content there, so please go do that. Um, Be a part of the community. Like Locked on Packers. You can rate the show there as well. Um, And and the Twitter handle, at Locked on Packers. All of it is there because this is your favorite team, because you want an unbiased, unvarnished opinion of your favorite team, the good, the bad, and hopefully the Super Bowl this year. And that's what we have. That's what we do here. And that's what you get when you stay locked on Packers.